Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Leadership Lounge podcast. Um, if you haven't seen us before and you're watching us on the YouTube channel, make sure you hit subscribe on the YouTube channel and uh, make sure you follow us on your podcast provider. And our aim as ever is to have some amazing people with amazing stories and experts in their field. And we're talking to future focus leaders and through the power of TDL, um, we're connecting that community of people and, and giving real value on, along your journey, getting those aha moments. And, and talking about those aha moments, I really want you to tell us what how you can relate to this episode and what your takeaways were um, at the end. So today we are speaking to Gavin. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. We've only meet, recently met through um, one of our associates and one of our um, ex, well, ex one of our podcast guests, um, Tom Phillips. He's not ex, he's still with us. Um, and you've got an amazing background that I can relate to from a military perspective, but I'm really interested to see how you got into this world without a military background, because that's where my um, background is. So, Gavin, as I hit the 20-minute timer, um, without taking any sort of shine off your introduction, um, introduce yourself to the people who don't know who you are and tell us a little bit about what you do and what you've done. Certainly. So uh, I'm a former civil servant for the British Ministry of Defence. I've worked in the security and intelligence industry for around about 20 years in a, a spectrum of areas from covert surveillance, human intelligence gathering, close protection, all sorts of things. I've done what they call TDYs or temporary duties, um, mainly covering uh, a lot of the time for people who are actually on vacation or holiday leave. Um, I'm a best-selling author of the book, How to Tell If Someone is Lying, and ranked at the moment number 28 in the world body language expert, amongst many other things. <laughs> Excellent. So just from that introduction, I'm now, again, worrying about the timing, <laughs> but it's going to be a fantastic. So we... We just to share a story from we went back. I went back into the military with my business to work with some specialist teams, which have got similar background to what you've done as well yeah. um, in human intelligence and interrogation techniques, etc. Um, how did you get into it without the military backgrounds? What right. tell me that story? Not not the usual way, because uh, most people do end up either going down the route of, of working for something like special reconnaissance and then moving to, to military intelligence from there, or they get the tap on the shoulder from college and they get brought straight down to, to, to say, like the um, training facility that, that uh, MI6 uses eventually, and they get into it that way. I was quite the opposite. I, I did everything bass-ackwards, if you'll pardon the expression. Um, I... I had a knock on the door from a friend of mine who started me off. He did something called process serving uh, or per serving. And for those who don't know what it is, it's literally when a lawyer uh, needs a document serving directly to a person and they need to know it's been handed to them in person. So hence the name per serve. And he just, he said, look, you know, Gavin, you're one of the most resourceful people I know. I'm having difficulty finding someone I've been trying for ages. Can you help me? And I said, yeah, sure, why not? And, and he, you know, we, I, I found him in the same day, uh, handed him the envelope, job done. Didn't think too much more of it until around about um, about three or four weeks later, he came back around and he gave me an envelope full of cash. And I said, what's this for? He said, you remember that person you found for me? He says, that's your share for finding him. And I looked at this envelope full of cash and I thought, have you got any more of them people you want finding? <laughs> and, uh, how old were you at that point? I was very young at that point. I was 18, 19. 
uh, you know, but, but I'd always been very kind of um, mature for my age. I, you know, I'd got my own home, my own car, my you know, my own life going on at that point. And um, and and that was when, like I say, I, went, I, I don't know, I don't know why, but I'd always kind of grown up young. So I left school early and 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 went my own way very early. Um, so that was how I got into that side of it. Uh, and I started doing my my own thing where I was per serving, and, and and that led on to um, all sorts of of private investigations to, from everything from kind of marital affairs to fraud investigations and so on and so forth. I've worked for insurance companies that then eventually worked with government departments. That's things like benefit fraud and that kind of thing, where people were uh, claiming benefits and working at the same time. And I, I weaved my way through uh, different government departments and, and managed to get the best and rub shoulders with the right people. Um, and eventually I started doing the, the, the contracting down the uh, the investigation and then intelligence side of things. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up a, a kind of long 20-year career here in, yeah. in as quick as I can. <laughs> um, but, uh, and of course, because I'd worked in the private sector so long, I've got a great reputation. I've done everything from penetration testing uh, and, and perimeter testing, you know, right up to, to the, like I said, the close protection side of things. And eventually I just managed to be rubbing shoulders with the right people uh, in the right government departments to then be on the books for the MOD. And I'd been jealous all of my life of all the people who were officially working for, whether, whether it was an intelligence agency or a government department. And I was like, wow, you know, these guys get holiday and paid leave and pensions and all the things I don't get. You know, I, 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 I basically, I send an invoice off and 30 days later get an excuse as to why they can't pay it this month. Uh, you know, so, and if I don't, if I don't work, I don't eat. So I've done that for many, many years. So when I finally got the job officially on the books, I went through all the background checks, about 12 months of background checks and everything else, uh, and, and became, uh, uh, you know, in, in the fold, as it were, um, within a few months, I hated it. Right, okay. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. wow. This was what I was so envious of, and it was something where the grass was not greener on the other side. Um, it was, the bureaucracy was crazy, the form-filling, the, the, the whole kind of chain of command it was very different to what I'd formerly known. Uh, as a contractor, it was a case of, this is what you want, we want you to do. Go and do it, and then invoice us when the job's done. And that was it. I wasn't given any instruction on how to achieve it, so I, I went out and achieved the object objective and then come back and said, right, there you go, job done, there's my invoice. So when it got to the point where I couldn't even change my car parking space without three emails, two forms and permission <laughs> off the CO, uh, it got to the point where I thought, I'm not sure I can do this. So, do you know what? I think so many people can relate to that, that yeah. may be in those positions right now. I've got a question, uh, and thank you so much for doing that so quickly regards <laughs> to such a big career, but we'll delve into some highlights. But even saying like, how did you get into it? It still sounded quite slick and easy. Oh yeah, well it wasn't. <laughs> so what? Tell me a little bit about your learning curve personally, about what that. I'm going to say comfort zone. Like where were you? Where were you sort of stretched? And how? What did you learn about yourself in the early days of you having to sort of, in a military term, being like winging it? Like yeah. having to learn on on your feet. How did you get that skill set from doing it yourself? Well, a lot of it was. I mean, don't get me wrong. There was a lot of trial and error. Um, and I will I will give credit where it's due to a lot of really good friends. Um, that I called upon that way, either were military or were intelligence. And because I'd always 
associating myself with people within these circles, I could call them up and say, look, how do I get this? Or can I, you know, whether it was a police officer that I could call in a favor and, and, uh, and just say, you wouldn't happen to know where <laughs> somebody or something is, would you? Um, I, I, and things like that. So it, there was a lot of um, favor calling in, in the early uh, early days. Um, like I said, a hell of a lot of trial and error and learning things the hard way uh, and, and also learning what jobs to say no to. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Because the, well, what happens is, um, and the, this is the nightmare of working like on a self-employed basis as a, as a contractor is the phone won't ring for months and you'll start to panic and you think, Oh, the bills are racking up. And then all of a sudden you'll get three phone calls in one day, <laughs> all offering you three different jobs, one in Saudi Arabia, one in Africa, one in Ireland, uh, you know, all the different rates of pay all sounding, you know, better than the other. Um, and they'll all be at the same time. And you have to turn two of them down and pick one. And usually the ones that sound really, really easy for a high amount of money are the ones that you want to avoid like the plague. <laughs> <laughs> John, again, I'm sure this is what I said, you know, there's going to be a lot of people in this that can go, I can relate to that mm -hmm. in a completely different context. Yeah. They can relate to it. And I'm conscious that there might be a lot of people listening to this, that this is a new conversation around intelligence and what goes on behind the scenes, et cetera. I've got a couple of people that I've got earmarked to come on the podcast at some point in the future when they can. And um, for somebody that doesn't know the world of intelligence, could you give us your like basics? Like well, what happens that we don't know about that you're comfortable telling us all that sort of thing the people that always ask yeah sure i mean I, I i can't go into into the nuts and bolts of everything but i can give you an overview of the basics Perfect. um from from my perspective and from from most um you know the friends in mi6 mi5 or you know with cia all around the world most of the time we're given a an, an objective of you know usually a person that they have an interest a person of interest and we'll they will say can you associate yourself I will, i'll say uh with this particular person and you will you'll watch this person you'll you'll establish like patterns of life for this person you know which days they walk the dog and where which days they go to the gym and the cafe that kind of thing um and essentially it's your job to to make friends with this person um and you have to establish three things money uh, sorry motivation access and security uh, the motivation can be anything from whether, you know, whether it's financial motivation or, or whatever the case may be, but can you motivate this person to do what you want them to do? Number two, access. Have they got access to secrets that we want? Uh, number three, security. Is it safe for you and for them to be able to do this? Because if, if either of you are going to be in any danger, um, then, you know, you're meant to say the, the, the whole thing's off, which we all ignore that bit. So, uh, because that takes all the fun out of it. Um, so, so those are your main things. So, but if you think of motivation and access, if, if, they, if they can be motivated and have access to what you need, that's it. So you establish your patterns of life. You do what's called a smile campaign and, and you build up a, a very slow and steady relationship with this person. And eventually when the time's right, you then pitch this person for, uh, you know, the, the, the kind of what you want them to do, which is obviously to, to get secrets for you. Um, and then you get those secrets, you take them back and, and, and that's it, job done. So that, that's the, that's the, the, the whole thing in, in, a, in a nutshell, really. Yeah. Um, there's obviously a lot more to it, but that's 
you know, to summarise what, what we yeah, have to yeah. do. Yeah. I love that. So tell me about, when you said about Smile Campaign, mm-hmm. it just made me think about influence and communication and that um, in sort of business culture now, I think with the tech evolution, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, we call ourselves the uh, empower yourself um, mentality, the, yeah. the happiness culture. <laughs> Like people listening to this are in the corporate world and, and are trying to have smiley faces. So we're all able to be much more happy and productive and efficient <laughs> if that happens. So is there something in that process that you could relate to into the business world? Um, probably. I, I think down to people get like kind of comfortable with consistency. And this is where our, our smile campaign comes in. I mean, there was, there was a, um, going back a few years, I won't give you the full story, but there was a, a Russian intelligence officer in London um, who, who was whiter than white. There was just there was nothing on him. There was no compromise. There was there was there was no, no there was nothing we could seem to exploit. And the only thing we spotted was his love for animals. Um, and he used to walk his dog every day. So what we did is we set up an operative. It wasn't me, it was somebody else. And she used to walk her dog in the opposite direction every day. And, and, and just, and, you know, it, there wasn't any, anything other than, than that regular contact of, of building up, you know, I'm here, you're here, you know, same time every day. And because people get used to that, yeah, um, you know, kind of familiarity, that's the whole foundation um, because they, feel, they start to feel comfortable knowing this is normal. You know, mm. this is okay. So for the business world, um, I suppose that it's exactly the same thing why so many people that they, they spend thousands and thousands, maybe even millions on, on brand advertising um, just to make you keep seeing their logo and seeing their brand just because of that familiarity. So when you, when you need that particular product, you know, they're like, oh yeah, that's the one we see everywhere. So that's the one they pick. Yeah. yeah so, and, but and- I know I'm I'm thinking some of the thing conversations and some of the things we get involved with. Mm-hmm. It's that constant touch points. It's that yeah, constant exactly. showing up, like not necessarily showing up with your team when you need to show up with your team. Like, mm-hmm. not it's always an official meeting or it's always uh, an email. Mm-hmm. It's kind of having those constant. So I love that. And I was smiling through that as well because you <laughs> said about the dog walk. Yeah. So one of my co-founders of the new business. I met on the dog walk (laughs) (laughs) and when we moved to our current house, every time I went on the dog walk, I seemed to take longer and I ended up having to take my business card with me because I'd get into conversations with people about what they did and how they did it. And I was laughing as you were saying that. Yeah, very, very well. It's, it's, it's a great system, you know, so hopefully that's going to have every intelligence offering in the world. They're thinking I need to walk my dog a different route. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your, um, sort of what, what are you doing now? Tell me about the book. You've written a book, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I've done a few. So uh, the, the, my best-selling book is is a non-fiction book called How to Tell If Someone Is Lying. And this revolves around something that I like to call CCA or Combined Communication Analysis. Um, so this is a mixture. I, I've got uh, a degree in psychology. I'm qualified in body language. I'm qualified in statement analysis and all these things. And I look at everything. So it's not just the body language. It's the blink rate it's the 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 breath location it's the 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 body movement and the 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 pattern analysis of body movements it's absolutely everything and taking it all into account what they're saying the pitch the speed the tone the cadence how it's been said the structure of the sentence absolutely everything is all pertinent with the body language as well i hope 
everybody else is feeling exactly what I'm feeling now. Very <laughs> conscious of everything I'm doing. <laughs> do you get that a lot? <laughs> uh, I do actually. In fact, I, I had to go for a position not so long back where I was working with the uh, the British Army, and I had three uh, high ranking officers. I was being interviewed by all at once, and normally. In most situations, it's the three high-ranking officers that are looking at, at the person that's been, very, you know, the civilian usually very nervous, thinking, <laughs> you know, and they were sitting on their hands. <laughs> um, Don't and, give and anything I, away. Yeah, exactly. And I said, look, you know, it, it's not. I, I'm, I'm not constantly switched on doing this it's not something that i mean there are some things obviously which which are really really blatant when people do but it's not something that i that i i'm constantly watching everybody's every move you know it's it's something when i i'll, I'll analyze as and when i need to i i think i like about this though because speaking to some of the people that we've got uh, that we're able to put in front of businesses and some friends of mine it it's that it's like any skill isn't it you, you hone a skill over time mm -hmm. and it becomes a subconscious thing that you're just that is your skill set and yeah. um, what sort of things can people be aware of that can help their team and themselves get better at and i'm keeping that quite broad question there because i know the, the the amount of different things that you've been involved with but in the business world we, we you talked just before we jumped on about um, the importance of interview processes for example yeah. or or recognizing body language on technology now. Like we've all moved from the boardroom mm -hmm. to hybrid working. So we've now got the screen issue. I call it an issue. It's a it's a barrier to get over. But what what sort of things have you got for advice and guidance for others? Um, I suppose the, the, the best bit of advice really would probably be I say to people, I'm in the business of change. So look look for change and or deviation from the norm. And because there is no body language dictionary. And I get this all the time when people, they'll, they'll turn around and they'll, they'll say, oh, so you do body language? I say, yeah. And they'll fold their arms and they'll go, what am I thinking? I say, I'm, I'm not psychic. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not a mind reader. I, I look at body language. Um, and, and the other side of it is this, this kind of misconception that there is a X movement equals you know why action or, or thought um there is there is no direct translation as it were so you're looking for what people normally do if people normally fold their arms while they're talking and that's usual and and and, and that's baseline for them then you know it doesn't mean they're being defensive it doesn't mean anything at all it's just what mm -hmm. they normally do but if people don't normally fold their arms and then all of a sudden you ask them a question and then they do uh, and they've got a frown and they've got a, what I call a cluster of tells going on all at once. That's when you say, ah, something's not right. There's something's different. Something's, you know, moved from the norm, from their baseline. And that's when you can probe a little bit further. So Excellent. Uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I might put you on the spot here a little bit about <laughs> sure. interviews. Yeah. So it just came to me then that um, people always say like, what's the best interview question or like, <laughs> what, what sort of things do I need to, to shake it up? Cause when you were saying then about body language, it, it's, it's having the awareness over time that things can change, which I, I love that. And uh, we say about helping people improve their self and situational awareness. Like you're just tuned into this sort of thing more than you would be. Yeah. <clears throat> so in interviews like people will be listening to this that are in, involved in interview processes and as you know and we know it's really important to get that 
first interaction right do people ask you about what what are the best questions what are your best questions okay so i'll I'll give you a couple of things one i'll give you a body language thing to look for and two i'll give you a a fantastic question so we've only got two minutes left so this is a great finish look, look for the feet are the feet sticking right out if they are you know then that person is comfortable and relaxed and if you ask them something and all of a sudden they they draw their feet right in under the chair um then that's something that you have to 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 pay attention to that is a sudden shift of 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 comfort and they are starting to feel very uncomfortable with um sorry about this uh very uncomfortable with what's going on um so so look for that um secondly question wise one of the best things you can do um is ask them for a time they messed up because okay. everybody has messed up in life. Everybody has. I don't care who they are. We've all done it. I've done it several times, and that's just today. Uh, so and, and watch their reaction, because they've got to try and come up with a time that they messed up, how they rectified it, what they did, what caused it, and, and, and somehow kind of own it. And, and that really makes people squirm. And if, if they if they sit there and go, oh, I've never messed up, I'm brilliant, then you know that, that that's definitely not true. <laughs> I like that, because, yeah, you're just... I, I think from, and I've not re- really been involved in a lot of interview process, but they can be quite clunky, can't they? And quite yeah. samey. So mm-hmm. to put, some, put something in there that's open and can get people to reflect and come up with something quite interesting and says a lot about something. But again, you're right. It's the reaction to that, isn't it? Was it a learning moment? Have you yeah. learned from it? What's changed now? I absolutely love that. So Gavin, Thank you so much for your time. No problem at all. I enjoyed it. I know. I know that we're going to have you on in the future. (laughs) Um, I know when we started the Leadership Lounge podcast, the the iteration from hashtag leadership, what's on your mind? We said we were going to be hosting panel discussions. Oh, yeah. So we are going to, that's on my next radar to get people that have been on before around a certain subject mm-hmm. to have a discussion. So I know that we're going to be having something that you can add your skill set and add value to. So we're definitely going to be having you on because <clears throat> there's so much there that we need to be showing and, and okay. sharing people. So thank you so much for your time today. Um, <clears throat> ladies and gents, if you enjoyed that, I can't believe how quick it went. We, we <laughs> covered quite a lot. I'm definitely going to be listening back to this one. Um, make sure you let us know your takeaway. What surprised you? What made you think about your leadership journey? And make sure you share it on the social media with us. Um, I'm going to put Gavin's book, Gavin's links in the podcast notes below. So make sure you go and check him out, connect with Gavin. And um, we'll be back next week on your podcast provider and YouTube um, with another amazing person with amazing stories and experts in their field. So Gavin, thank you again. Thank you very much. It was enjoyable. And we'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye.